Hello, hello. Happy Monday. I am BD. I am your host of Birth and Bloom. If you are a new listener, welcome. And if you are a returning listener, welcome back. I am so excited to share today's episode with you guys and for us to dive in deeper and chat. So grab your headphones, your coffee, whatever it may be, and let's dive into today's episode. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited too. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Yes. Um, well, I'm a real estate agent. Um, I'm a mom. I was a single mom for over three years. Um, and I have two girls now I'm, and I'm married and, um, I have, I've found a certain level of, of success with real estate and, um, and it's been a, it's been a journey for sure. And it started out in a really difficult place, but, um, yeah. Well, talking about real estate in your career, that's why I wanted to be on here. Yeah. Um, how did you decide what career you wanted to get into when you were, you know, a single mom trying to balance and find, you know, what career path to take? Yeah. Um, so I, I got pregnant when I was 21. I found out I was pregnant, um, two days before my 21st birthday. And, um, I think that as soon as I found out I was pregnant, it kind of flipped a switch in me and I knew, Hey, I, I, I am responsible for this child. The, the guy that I had a baby with was not a responsible guy. Um, Mm -hmm. and he kind of proved that more and more over my pregnancy. And I kind of realized this is on me. This is totally on me. I can't expect anything from him as, as matter of fact, expecting or hoping for any type of financial support from him, Mm -hmm. um, could result in having to, to share some type of custody with him. Because sometimes when women go after money from the fathers of their children, they get upset and they punish them by like, well, I'm, they, they fight for the child, even if they don't really want to have the child, they just kind of want to get back at the mom. Yeah. And so I thought, I don't want to be financially dependent if this goes sour and he's not good for her or something happens and he's, you know, dangerous or he has people in his life that could be dangerous. And so I knew that it was up to me and, um, I only had, I didn't have a college education. I actually uh, got my GED at the end of my junior year. And so I didn't even really have a senior year of high school. And so I knew what I was good at, some of the things that I was good at in life, and I knew what I wasn't good at. And I knew that probably school was not the the route for me. And so um, I just, I struggled with school. It's hard to keep my attention in school. And I just kind of felt dumb in school, but I I felt like I, I have to be good at something. I don't think I'm dumb. I think I just need to find something that I'm good at. And so um, I knew that I was good with people because um, because prior to getting pregnant, I went and did a year. I lived in England for a year and I had to raise support because I was going to be doing one year of missions. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I went to a three-day conference where 
later on in life, I realized that basically they taught us sales. Like you, you write down everyone in your contacts, you reach out to everybody, you book a coffee appointment, um, you tell them about what you're, what you're going to go do and, and why you want to do it and why, it, you know, you're passionate about it and kind of sell the vision almost. And then mm-hmm. you ask a closing question, like, do you want to be a part of this? Would you like to support me? And when I was learning about it, I had no idea that I was learning sales. I thought I was just learning about missions and I was yeah. so excited. I thought I could do this. I could totally raise the money. Like this will be so fun and it'll be easy. And I was the only person in the whole conference that was excited about about it. And I raised the money really quickly and it was so much fun. It was actually so way more fun than actually going on the, on the one year outreach. (laughs) Yeah. And so when I came back, um, and became a single mom years later, I, um, I thought I had two options. Basically I had the option to go to school because there's a, there's a really amazing organization, um, that helps single moms go to school. You have to keep a certain GPA, but they pay for your school if you keep it up. And so I applied there. Um, and I was also looking into real estate at the same time. So I was kind of at a crossroad and I thought like, real estate is the riskier, but I think, Uh I think I have a chance at it. I think I'd be better at it than I would be at school. And so I read a real estate, uh, a book, somebody gave me a book, started reading the book and I was probably in the first couple of chapters what started talking about sales. And it basically said, write down everybody that, you know, start booking, um, you know, appointments to meet with them, tell them what it is that you do. And, and soon you will start to see this turn into, into money and you can make a living. And I started bawling because I was like, I don't have a college degree, but I could possibly have a future. Like I, I have no idea how this is going to work, but I think I have a future here because I kind of felt lost. And and I feel like after I read that book, I felt like I could potentially have a future with, with real estate. So um, I had, I had her, I read the book when I was pregnant, but I had, um, Gracie, my daughter, and I knew that I wanted to spend the first year of her life with her because she wasn't going to have a father. I didn't want her to not have very much time with her mother. So I got a job as a nanny. Um, the baby that I was nannying was two months older than my baby. And I got oh, wow. to spend the, the, yeah, it was very, very, it was really a God thing because I was able to take my baby with me to the nannying job. And I did that for a year. And the latter half of that year, I studied to get my, my real estate license. And, um, and I got my license and I knew that it was going to be a sink or swim situation. I knew that this was, this was kind of my last resort and I didn't want, um, I didn't want my life to constantly be falling apart until, um, a man came into my life to save me. I didn't want to desperately marry a man who, Mm -hmm. who I knew could take care of me. I wanted to marry somebody that God brought into my life, but not because of any reason besides he was the man that, that God had for me. And I thought that could take years. That could take, that could take 10 years. I don't, I I don't even, I don't even have the assurance or the promise that a a good man will come into my life and, and be a husband to me and a father to my baby. So this is totally up to me. So I got into real estate and that is how I got into real estate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, I mean, it's a lot. I feel like, because you were talking about just even you, so you were studying, right. To like, you applied for a program that helped women go to school. And then you were also trying to figure out if you were going to do real estate. 
So the application part wasn't very long. I was doing, I was looking to real estate and doing the application just in case that's the route that I decided to go. Once you're accepted, you can say no, thank you. And give the opportunity to another single mom who, who Mm -hmm. wants it more. So it wasn't like a, I didn't take up a whole lot of their time. I just had one interview and they said, if this is a route you want to go, you can go. But it was really only an application and interview, but I knew it was going to be school or real estate and yeah. thought about it, prayed about it, just kind of self-evaluated like myself and what I'm good at or what I thought it would be better at. And it just, it was real estate for me. And so I, I didn't go to school and I did real estate instead. And I studied for the real estate exam, but there was not a scholarship for that. I had to pay for that. Yeah. Yeah. So as a single mom mm-hmm. at the time of pursuing your career, you know, you talked about you had Gracie and you were working as a nanny. What were some of the hardships that you faced during this time? Um, during the time that I was a nanny, I was um, during the beginning of that time. I was I was taking a I was I was trying to consider: Do I step away from Gracie's biological father for good or not? And it was a really difficult time because there was a lot of guilt from people of, well, if you, if you step away from him, your child is fatherless and, you know, you can't do that to your child. Um, and then other people who the opposite opinion, you know, if you allow this man to be in your child's life, he could truly hurt her down the road. Like this, Uh this is a big moment. Um, and so, and I was still battling with just my own feelings and do I leave? And, and so, um, take making the decision to step away and stay away to truly just cut that off a clean cut and, and never to revisit that ever again was something that was very difficult. Um, I 100% made the right choice um, by doing that. His his life his life ended up spiraling out of control. But um, I remember the way that I did it. I I met with him. I created a list of things that I wanted him to work on for him to just be a better better man for Gracie one day. And I said, Hey, I I don't want any money from you. And I really, truly don't want any contact from you. And I want you to just work on yourself and take time for yourself for a year. And in a year period, we can see if, if she's important to you, then I will see a difference in your life and we can revisit this. And he, instead of, of improving, he, he actually got another girl pregnant. Um, and he, um, just kind of dove headfirst into um, just a really dangerous lifestyle, and um, he he was an alcoholic, and it, it was it was pretty bad. So that was something that was really difficult. And then as far and then the real estate license piece wasn't a very long process, but it was it was a hard process. I it was tough. It was it. I, I'm not very um, academic, and so it was a struggle for me. But I I gave it my best. And then after getting my license, honestly, getting the license was the easy part because the first two years of real estate was so incredibly hard. Um, so incredibly hard. Here's a girl who um, really doesn't have any many resources um, and has I haven't even bought a house by my like myself at that point. Like yeah. how am I helping people <laughs> buy and sell their homes when I I live in my mom's house in a room, you know, cramped with my my daughter and and I feel like almost like a child. I kind of felt like I was cheating the public, like trying mm-hmm. to make myself a, appear as a professional when truly I was only learning how to be a professional. And I I didn't want anyone 
um, to, I didn't want to feel like I was pulling a, pulling a fast one on anybody, but like hire me. But, um, yeah. so I just had to try my very best to, to be worthy of, of people to give me a chance. And, and it was just, it was two years of just a lot of, of doubt, um, and mm. insecurity. I felt really insecure. Like, what am I doing? And I hope I'm, hope I didn't make a mistake by doing this. And, um, the, the checks are when you, sell a house you get paid and in between you do not get paid and um so i moved in with my parents and which is so gracious of them they were super supportive um and really loved on gracie and and loved on me and and i had a place to stay that you know wasn't expensive mm-hmm. so i was able to live small while i while i um laid the foundation of my real estate career for two years it was really two and a half years Wow. So let's, you know, cause I feel like a lot of people see stuff on social media and it's just like, Oh, okay. She did it. Like it was overnight success. You know, <laughs> internet is like, you know, you see all these flashy yeah. lives or you see these people that only show seconds or minutes of their lives. And they're like, yeah. Oh, I can do that. And it's like, no, it took me this long to get where I'm at. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> I 100% see what you mean about just seeing the highlights of people's lives and time goes by so fast, especially when you're not paying attention to every, every month and and year of somebody else's life. And it can appear that people are in one spot one day and magically the next, but no, it was a two and a half year period, um, of, of immense stress and, um, gosh. So for two years after I got my license, um, I was really gung ho and really excited, but did deal with a lot of doubt and a lot of distraction. I think one of the things that was super distracting to me is I wanted, I wanted a husband really badly and I wanted my daughter to have a dad. I wanted her to have a dad. And so I was kind of always on the lookout for like, okay, husband, where is husband? <laughs> and the husband radar. <laughs> the husband radar. Yeah. And, and, um, kind of embarrassingly, I don't think I trusted the Lord as much as I should have. And I think I was just on the lookout and, um, constantly just kind of distracted. So for two years I didn't do, um, I I was just learning, but the first year I made 24,000. Um, the second year I made 36,000. Um, and then the first four months of the third year, um, I made a decision to just, I felt like kind of a mediocre agent, like, okay, I'm two years in, I still feel super insecure. Like I, I'm not, there's like 4,000 agents in our area or some, some really ridiculous high number like that. And I thought I, if I'm going to stay in this for the rest of my life, I want to be good at this. And so I found a program that, um, they, they train you. It's a really intense training. And I thought if I could get training, I could, I could apply myself and, and really be a knowledgeable realtor. So I went through this program. It, it took me four months and they took 80% of all of the commission that I earned wow. during the time. And so I was truly, truly making hardly anything, but I, um, I, and, and during that time in the training program, they had a lady, an older lady who was super, super serious and super intense. And she made me so nervous. And like, I'd try my best. I was the top of my class and she still like, was just kind of harsh to me. And I remember going to, to the bathroom at our office and like throwing up out of nervousness and like, am I going to be okay? Am I going to make it? Like, I don't, people definitely don't know um, the parts of real estate that are so nerve wracking that you're like, 
am I making a mistake by putting myself through this? Um, mm-hmm. You have to door knock. Um, you have to cold call. You have to um, kind of be annoying to the public, like everywhere you go, to strike up conversations about real estate. And um, during this this learning period and, and putting yourself out there and really like announcing to the world for several years, like, hi, I'm a realtor. Um, it's just, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. And um, yeah, so the t- first two and a half years of real estate was really difficult. But after two and a half years, um, something clicked. I, I also bought a house. So I was officially a homeowner. I felt like I was in with all the other people that I was trying to market to. And, um, and I met my husband, we were really serious at, at the two and a half year mark. And, um, and I started doing really well as a real estate agent and, um, started making significant money. And and every year after just, um, doing better and better and having different types of clients and um our market also has changed so much like the average real estate price the the average price of a home is going up every single year and so yeah. that obviously means um the more you sell the the better you do and so um but yeah so real estate is a is a wonderful career this year um i I made six figures in the first four months and I've kind of been able to take a step back and it's about to be summer and I'm going to be able to pour all of my time into my girls. And when I have clients who need me, I can drop what I'm doing and and go for them, but I don't have to door knock and cold call and do all these things that I did for (laughs) a couple of years. Um, It is, it has definitely worked out. It's definitely uh, worked out to my benefit, but not without, literally years of, of sucking pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So let me backtrack here. Cause you talked about, you know, you had, you lived with your parents and they were there to help, you know, support you guys. Did you have, um, other, so like another support group while you were pursuing real estate or was it just like mainly your parents that were your support group? Um, um, as far as financial support, being able to live with my parents was huge because I was able to live very, very small and not give up. I think if I had had regular living expenses of mm-hmm. someone who was out independent, I think I may, maybe wouldn't have made it. Like, I think I would have thought, no, I, I have to go to a regular job where I have a, a steady, consistent paycheck. So that was a huge support. Um, as far as like somebody cheering me on, telling me like, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. Um, no, not until I met my husband who was first my friend before, um, my friend and my mentor, honestly, uh, before I, before that, no, not really. I, I didn't have friends who were successful. Um, and I didn't have, I don't come from a family of, of, you know, majorly successful people or business owners who, who were like, okay, you want to start a business? Here's what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember telling my, my parents, my goals and my dad told me later on, I think he told me this year or, or the end of last year, he's like, I have to be honest with you. <laughs> when you told me your goals, I was like, oh, I, see like <laughs> I don't know how she's going to do that, but good for her for doing me. And, um, um, and he's like, and you have hit every single goal that you have put, you have hit like every, and I can't believe it. Like you, every year that you've made a goal, you've pushed past the goal and done more. And he's like, and I'm so glad I didn't tell you that I didn't believe in you because I didn't. And I'm sorry that I didn't. So I, I didn't, I didn't feel like my parents don't believe in me, but I knew like everyone's like, 
well, good, good. We'll see, you know, like, yeah, like, okay, we'll see in a couple of years. Yeah, like, I hope this works out. I really hope I think everyone wished me well, but I don't think there was anybody who was like, you can 100% do it or, or you can do it. And I've done it too. And let me show you how and, and, you know, like I didn't have really an entrepreneur who had done it before to go before me to show me until I met my husband. Um, and when I met him, um, he, he instantly became a very close friend and a mentor because I felt like I had found somebody who was close enough to me in age to where I could kind of see that it was possible for me. And, um, and he, he's, he's a brilliant guy. Um, a brilliant, really, really disciplined, dedicated guy. And he kind of showed me how to make goals that are achievable, how mm. to make them bite by bite, um, and, or step by step and take one bite at a time. But he showed me a lot of the, the things to do. He kind of showed me the way to live. Like he went to bed early and he woke up early and he, he didn't spend time with just anybody. He really reserved his time for the people who was, who are important to him, like his family, and then people who he, he knew he could learn from. And it wasn't his whole life. He wasn't like only going to hang out with people that benefited him his whole life. He just, yeah. knew that during seasons of life, you, that if you have goals that you want to achieve, you really have to kind of ration your time and look for people who, who can help you and can help you learn new disciplines and like people who can inspire you and, um, Mm -hmm. and show you like, well, if you, if you mean business and you want this type of success, you're going to have to sacrifice and lay down these other things that other people are chasing to, for this short period of time and chase these things because like, like discipline and consistency. And, um, and so Garrett was kind of my, my inspiration and my, um, Garrett was my support system, but it didn't come for a couple of years. Yeah, which I'm, I mean, I'm glad that you said the whole, like, you know, support thing and also just changing, like, the way you do things um, in your daily life. Like, you were talking about going to bed early, waking up early. Um, My husband and I actually read a book a couple months ago, and it was talking about, like, the people you hang around, like, do have an influence on you like are you hanging out with people that are teaching you things mm-hmm. um or are you kind of just like you know pretty chill, just like okay this is what we do mm-hmm. are you growing which I mean obviously like you said you're not just taking advantage of those people or anything like that like right. you're building true friendships and you're growing um which I had never even thought about until I read that book and I was like oh my goodness like yeah I had I would have never thought of it that way. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is my life. This is what I do. You know, mm-hmm. I wake up, I do this and that. But it's like, no, I should be learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I. It's true. It's really, really true that the people around you, even if you're trying really hard for them not to influence you, they're going to influence mm-hmm. you. And and th- I know it's you'll see this on like Instagram and and Facebook and all these inspirational posts, but it's really true that the people mm-hmm. you hang out with, the the five people that you are closest to, you're kind of an average of. And you hang out with five millionaires, you'll probably find yourself a millionaire because you'll start picking up on the way that they think and their habits. Mm-hmm. If you hang out with five runners and you've never thought about running in your life, you'll probably end up running a 5K road soon and then a half marathon <laughs> and then a marathon. Like, because these people, they, they teach you how to 
operate in how to think and not just with their words, but just, you know, by the example of, of their life. And I had friends who were wonderful people, mm-hmm. wonderful people and kind. And if you asked them for a favor, they would do it. Like there was nothing wrong with them as people, but they did have bad habits, like the mm. bad habits of, you know, going out on, on most weekends and sleeping and not having an intentional life. Like I, I remember one time I, I sat down with everybody and I said, everybody throw out your most wild dream. And they all threw out their most wild dream. And I said, is there any steps that you're taking towards getting there? Or do you even know how? And all of them were like, I don't know. I think that like, you know, they kind of all just like, didn't know, like maybe in time. And, and um, I threw out my dream and seven years later, I have achieved my dreams. Like the, the things I awesome. said. And, and I know that they have not. And I know from social media and from the time that I have seen or talked to them that, that they really truly haven't um, accomplished these things that, that they dream about. And I thought, how sad, because you have one life. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to have a dream in my heart because I, I believe that God puts dreams in our hearts, honestly. So I don't think these dreams are just for us. And I don't even think that... Um, the dream to be a, a millionaire, which didn't come till la- later in life. Um, the, the dream wasn't just to have a million dollars in the bank. The dream was to have freedom mm. so that so that I could do what it is that God wanted me to do with my life. So I wasn't tied to a job from nine to five. So I wasn't tied to, you know, the rat race of, okay, I have to work because how am I going to feed my family and how am I going to yeah. pay my mortgage? And I wanted freedom so that I could, um, I had time uh, to, mm. to really say, God, like, why am I on the planet? Why'd you put me here? Is there anything that I should be doing um, with, with the gifts and the, and the creativity and the, the social skills that I have? Like, is there anything that I should be doing for you? And, and um, so that's why I wanted to, to have money. Obviously there's other things that come with, with having money. And those are, yeah. you know, those are, fun things, but, um, truly those aren't the things that I wanted most. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess too, like, I mean, you even see other like millionaires talk about like money doesn't buy you happiness. Like it does give you freedom. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't buy you happiness and that's like going on a whole nother duper like, yeah, yeah. conversation I here I, know. I mean <laughs> you talked about like your husband being a mentor for you and mm-hmm. um you know being the one that like cheered you on was he in real estate when you guys met or like did you guys both kind of discover real estate at you know together or like I know you were um, doing it before no so my husband owned and still owns a state farm agency in the town that we live in. And, um, which for probably anyone who knows anything about state farm, I I know nothing about state farm and owning an agency, but it's a, it's a pretty prestigious job. Um, and he, he essentially, started investing in things like stock when he was like 14 years old, um, saved all his money, got his first job when he was 14, saved the majority of his money, bought his first home when he was 21, and then bought other homes afterward. He had a business partner because he um, he kind of needed somewhere to start when he was 21. We had a mm-hmm. business partner. So he and his business partner bought real estate, and then he 
worked for a state farm agent for several years and was given an opportunity in Northwest Arkansas. And if you know anything about State Farm and the State Farm world, um, to get an agency is a big deal, but then to get an agency in an area like Northwest Arkansas that's growing at the rate that it is, you have to be really good at, at what you do. And so mm-hmm. Garrett um, opened up his agency and in 2018, he was the fastest growing agency in the United States. Wow. And, um, he was just really, really dedicated. And, and, um, after I met him, he said, um, when I started state farm, I knew that if I implemented a plan, I could essentially retire in three years. So, um, not retire as in never work again, because yeah. Garrett loves working and I think he'll work until he dies <laughs> to some capacity. But what he meant by that was I will be able to walk away and have mm. my employees and my manager, um, keep it going as if I was there, even though I I could walk away, I could go on vacation for a month or or four months if I wanted to. Um, I don't want it to be dependent on me. And he did that three years after starting his agency, it was um, running without him. And and he goes into the office when he wants to. And mostly now he goes into the office to, uh, for morale, he just encourages his agents and he teaches them and, um, but no, he, he really truly doesn't have to work if he doesn't have to. And I thought, how, how does a 27 year old have a plan to retire by 30? Yeah. <laughs> um, that is so crazy. And um, I remember telling one of my girlfriends what he said, because it kind of just threw me off a little bit. And she was like, he's lying. He's lying to you. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think so. This guy doesn't come across as, as lying. I don't even think he's trying to impress me. I think he's just trying to inspire me and teach me. Like he, he was all, he was different. I knew, I knew when I was being lied to or, 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 or a guy was exaggerating to impress yeah. me. I knew what that looked like, and I knew what that felt like, and that's not what he was doing. Um, so to see a young person that passionate and that sure of himself, like, mm-hmm. hey, in three years I can retire, and then he did it, and I, I was just like, whoa, like how, how did you come up with the three year, and like how did you create a plan, and like because you hear people say like, when I'm thirty, I'm gonna have. Blah, blah, and they just kind of throw things out there, like, yeah. hopefully, but he had a plan. He knew what he was doing. It was very intentional. It was very strategic. And, um, and he was just a smart guy and not only smart, he was, he was kind. He was a gentleman. He, he knew, he knew who he was and he didn't need validation from me. He, he didn't need, um, he really didn't need anything from me except a friend and, uh, I don't know. He was just really different from from the world of Bumble and Tinder that I had been in for the past <laughs> for the past two years. I was like, this is a really different person. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so I mean, he, you know, I guess gave you like an idea on how to pursue the dream, or you know, what where you were wanting to go, right? Like he was, I mean. He helped he asked, you. He asked me difficult questions like, um, what is it that you want? What is your goal? And what is the time frame that you want it in? And then he, we kind of worked backwards and, okay, you have to, you have to do this every day and this every week and this every month in order to meet your goal. And then I was like, okay, but where do I start? And he would kind of, we would sit and we would kind of brainstorm where to start. And, um, if I was like, yeah, but I'm nervous. I don't really know how to talk to those kinds of people. He'd be like, why, 
they're not better than you. <laughs> Who cares? Like, yeah. so what if they reject you? Like, that's fine. Just go anyway. Like, if you can't try, then then if you can't put yourself like he was just like, hey, do it anyway. Like, do it scared. You're scared. Do it anyway. And report back to me. I want to hear all about it. And and, you know, if it sucks and you fall on your face, like I I'll be your friend. Like, I'm not going to laugh at you. And if you find success, then I'll celebrate with you. And um, and he kind of taught me that that failing is really only when you throw in the towel, not when you mm-hmm. fall on your face. And, mm-hmm. and I really hadn't gotten that message from other people. I had got it from like motivational speakers and stuff, but not somebody in front of me who was doing it too. Which is crazy. Cause I feel like I'm 27 and I feel like I just heard that like not that long ago. Like you're, you're a failure when you give up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just like, Oh okay i'm like i'm 27 mm-hmm. and i just now heard this <laughs> where was this before i know i know i think when you're looking for these types of conversations and we're, when you're looking for wisdom i think wisdom wisdom shows up and i think that i mean i'm a christian i'm a believer i think that ha- that has to do with god the uh-huh. way that i met garrett this is kind of a crazy story the way that i met garrett is i had just listened to uh, a sermon of by a pastor named Craig Rochelle. He's like an incredible pastor. He's our pastor now, but he said, show me your friends and I will show you your future. And he also mm-hmm. said this phrase that completely impacted me. He said, you could be one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. And then he said something else that has still resonates with me. He said, and then one day you could be the one friend away from somebody else uh, from changing their, the course of their future. I'm sure he said it more eloquently than that, but, (laughs) um, and I thought, where's my one friend? And I remember I was kind of in a rut. There was a season of my life that I was kind of in a rut and I felt just kind of stuck. And I remember crying in my room one afternoon and I was like, God, where's my one friend? And I felt like for years I had been like praying and crying for a husband. And I felt like it was maybe like an unrighteous thing to do to be praying again for a husband. I felt like maybe it felt kind of selfish. And so I was like, okay, I won't pray for a husband. I'll just pray for a friend. Like, God, where's my one friend? Like Craig Rochelle said, you're one friend away. Like, where's my one friend? And my phone rang and it was Garrett. And I never talked to or met Garrett in my life. And he said, Hey, my name is Garrett Youngblood. I own State Farm down the road. And I was wondering if we could grab lunch and just kind of network together. Um, and I was like, Who's, <laughs> who, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, we're friends on Facebook. And I was like, trying to make sure that it wasn't a creepy guy who was like out to do me harm. And I was like, how do you spell your name? And it kind of fact checked him. And I was like, Oh, he's, he's a person. Okay. So I agreed to have lunch with him. And and um, I met him for lunch. The lunch date was supposed to, it wasn't a date, just like a lunch meeting. It, he wasn't even calling me in like a dating capacity. He was calling me in a professional capacity, but it was supposed to be an hour long. Our meeting was supposed to be an hour long. And, and we sat there and talked for four hours. Wow. And I was one friend away from changing the course of my destiny. And, and I found my one friend. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's so cool. So yeah. cool. So after the two years that you, you know, you worked to get your real estate and all this and the determination you had and everything you went through, like, would you say you are happy where you are now? 
Yes. Yes. I would say that I am happy with where I am now and I am excited about the future because I'm, I'm, I'm only 28. I have, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully decades ahead of me. And, um, and with all the things that have happened over the past several years, I, I have a lot of freedom. I have a lot of freedom to, um, basically ask the question and, and have it answered that I, that I had for the Lord, like, Lord, what do you want me to do? How, how do you want me to use my life? Um, and, and I don't have to be in this situation where I'm like, well, all I can really do with the majority of my time is work to, to provide for my family. God has provided me with a incredible, um, incredible family and incredible life. And, and um, so I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I love real estate. Um, anyone who ever calls me in in need of of help with real estate, I am super excited to help them. I I've since bought multiple houses and sold multiple houses personally. And so, I, I Garrett and I in the past two years, I think, have bought and sold like bought nine houses and I think like sold eight. And, and so I, I love it. I truly love real estate, but real estate isn't my passion. People are my passion. Mm -hmm. And I know that with, as long as I've been doing real estate, I'll still have people call me and say like, Hey, can you help me? And I'm 100% there. But in the time that I'm not doing that, because I don't have to spend all of my time and resources marketing and, and putting myself out there, I am, um, I've started a, a group for women. Um, I'm starting a new one soon. You should come to it. It's, um, <laughs> it's about, um, it's it's for married women and we're going over a book called Married Sex. And it is a, uh, it's written by a Christian author and we just don't have enough conversations about about this this topic in the church. Mm-hmm. So I read it and I'm prepared to be open with the ladies. It's obviously a closed group because it's a pretty intimate subject, but mm-hmm. I, I'm passionate about women and I'm passionate about people and I'm passionate about encouraging people and, and you know, being the one friend of changing somebody else's future. And, um, and so, yeah, I am really happy. I, I obviously regret the mistakes that I made, but I'm so mm. thankful that God was able to take my mistakes mm. and, and turn them into something that that is neat and beautiful and can help somebody else in the future if, if I share my story with them. Yeah, no. Uh, one, that sounds like a pretty good group uh, to go to because I actually was just talking to a friend about not that long ago about like meeting with other married women um here in the area and just you know meeting up with them talking whether it was over a book or just kind of getting out of the whole like stay at home mom kind of vibe yeah <laughs> I don't love my kid I love him yeah I love him but sometimes but we I need we need community with other women I yes. know <laughs> Hell yeah completely so I'm really excited so you can send me you know details about it um for sure which I guess that answers my next question, which was, would you change anything? I mean, no, would you? (laughs) No, I mean, no, no. I mean, would I change having gotten pregnant by an absolute jerk? No, it it has produced the most beautiful human. If anyone who meets Gracie, she's an incredible person. And I feel like God almost like put her in my life as like a, see, see what I can do with your mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, and would I, uh, would I go through the, the difficulty of, of 
becoming an agent in a difficult market, feeling kind of alone. Yeah. hundred percent. It's totally paid off. Yeah. I would do it 10 times over. Yeah. All the mistakes that I've made in my life, I'm so grateful to God because he's been able to turn into um, the story that I have. So no, I, I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything. No, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's in a way your testimony, like God is so forgiving and loving. And even though, you did all these mistakes or, you know, we all make mistakes. It's just beautiful that at the end he uses that to mold us and to make us who we are. Yeah. Um, So I find that really, you know, beautiful. Uh, What is something that you would tell a single mom who is listening or maybe even just a mom who is battling, you know, trying to figure out what she wants to do um, or who may be financially struggling um, or not about pursuing her career. Yeah. Uh, to a single mom, I would say, um, number one, if you are in a situation where you're holding on to a guy because he's the father of your children, or you've been with him for years and years, but he is not, he is not the man that you would describe as you know, the, a good man. And if, if someone was to say, you write down the qualities, a good man, a really good husband where, and, and it doesn't, this man does not match what you would write down. Leave him, leave him, leave him. I mean, if you're married to him, that's a different conversation. But if this is a, if this is a baby daddy, or if this is a um, boyfriend or leave him, leave a guy who is not, um, treating you with the love and the respect, um, leave him for the sake of your children as well. It doesn't make sense for your children to grow up in a home when their mom is treated in, in a way that is less than what she should be treated because it teaches the child that that is how mommies and daddies interact. And that is how, if it's a little girl, that's how the daughter, the little girl thinks, okay, well, that's how men treat women. That's how, what I should expect when I grow up, get out of a bad relationship and don't Mm -hmm. settle for anything less. Um, I don't think that you should even try to do this without the Lord. The Lord is your secret weapon. If you are in a place of desperation, um, And, um, he 100% has a plan for your life. And if you follow his plan and if you trust him and, um, and let him do with your life, whatever he wants, Mm. you won't regret it. You will be so incredibly happy. It will take, it will take time. Honestly, my getting to where I am in life took years, years and years. And there were so many times, so many times I would cry myself to sleep. Like, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to have this type of man. I don't even know if he's out there. And if he's out there, I don't think he would pick a single mom. I think he's going to pick, you know, kind of a goody two shoes girl. And, (laughs) and I just, I didn't trust God that, that Mm -hmm. God could bring, um, an incredible man into my life. Um, and, and I, I just didn't trust God in a lot of times, in a lot of times you asked me if I could change anything. I take it back. If I could change anything, I would have done it all the same, except my attitude would have been different. I would have trusted God the whole time, mm. tried, stopped trying to control my own future, and I would have just tried my best and and um, used him as a compass and stopped freaking out. Mm. Like, stop freaking about my future, about, you know, is somebody going to love me? Is somebody going to love my daughter? Yeah. Am I going to be taken care of? Is someone going to care about my heart? I would just, like, Lord, you, you know the desires of my heart. Yeah. And you're big enough to take care of it. So... 
Um, and I would get away from, from friends that are not who you want to be. If they're not what you want to look like, step away from them. I wouldn't text them all and say, Hey, not your friend anymore. I would just start to slowly <laughs> spend time with them. You don't want to, you know, think of yourself as like better than everybody else. I yeah. I had to slowly spend less and less time to free up time so that if God put new people in my life, I would have time to spend time with them. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, um, and, and to, to not give up because truly failure is only when you give up, not when you make a mistake or fall on your face or get embarrassed or somebody tells you, no, I'm sorry, I'm not interested in buying a house from you. <laughs> <laughs> don't give up. Just give, okay. And move on to the, to the next thing. And, and don't, don't be afraid to pursue your dreams and press into your dreams and work hard and, um, and trust the Lord. But I think above all else, probably just trust the Lord. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, like that, I mean, some people are like, well, that's easy for you to say or whatever, but it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, you know, I'm a believer too. And there's been times where I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. Like, you know, God, here you go. And then it's like, oh wait, let me, let me try it my way. And it's like, uh-huh. no, baby, that's not how it works. <laughs> uh-huh. So uh-huh. definitely, I mean, it is true. Like, you know, you need to trust God and give him everything, you know, um, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Like you said, it took you two, two and a half years to get where you're at. I mean, there's other stories out there, you know, that it, you know, takes a while and stuff. So yeah. uh, definitely thank you for, you know, coming on and with us yeah. and um, letting us kind of dig deeper into, you know, where, you know, where you started and where you're at now. So yeah, of course, uh, if someone wants to like, find you on social media or just, uh, connect with you. Is there somewhere where they can find you at? Yeah. Uh, my name is star Youngblood, And, um, so you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. Um, my real estate company is called Youngblood real estate. You can find us on Google. Um, you'll find my phone number, my, my, my phone number is the realtor phone numbers are plastered <laughs> everywhere. You'll be able to find my number. I promise. Um, and I mean, you can go watch my TikTok. It's honestly not that cool, but if you wanted to find me on TikTok, I'm sure you, if you look for not Sorry, that I'm cool, but I mean, you've only gotten a few <laughs> viral videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. From a creepy guy, like trying to yeah. pull a fast one on me. Sorry yeah. that intrigues people. <laughs> so, you know, if you're they want to hear about the to this things. and you want to go find her TikTok story, then go find her on TikTok too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can find me on TikTok. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's great. I was so intrigued by it. I was like, what? And then I start, you know, me, I'm like looking at the comments and all this, and I'm like, oh my goodness, people. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that people, there's been a lot of, of realtors who've been murdered and raped and um and we have it's the obligation for realtors to take a one-hour safety class um every year because there have been so many so many mm. realtors who've been murdered and that is always happens so if you if you read the stories of that, how it happens it happens with very very subtle cues that something is off anytime something's off I'm like oh I'm sorry it's not worth it it's not worth it which I mean (laughs) I'm thankful that you shared that too I know it's not on the podcast but I'm glad you shared it on TikTok because I mean TikTok is you know it can be great it can be bad but you know it reaches people so yeah 
if it yeah. reaches two or three real estate agents to be like, okay, yeah, I should listen to my gut, then yeah. that's great. But yeah. for joining yes. me. Um, thanks for so having me. We got to talk. So I know. And I will reach out to you soon and we can get together soon. Yes, that sounds great. If you guys enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and leave a review, subscribe, share with your friends. That way you guys don't miss out on next week's episode. Thank you guys again so much for listening. I really do appreciate it and I hope you have a good week.